Post hiatus, uh, first post hiatus episode of the Rust Belt Report here on LDG Sports and Entertainment. I am, of course, your host, Ryan Coghill. With me today, I have an extremely, extremely special guest, uh, somebody who the first time uh, I saw them on the opposite side of a mic, on the opposite side of the screen, I was like, man, I got to step my game up. Um, so he always makes me and the others around him want to do better. Uh, I'm going to introduce him here in a second, but I just want to go over what the rules are again. So there is no set co-host for the Rust Belt Report. We're always bringing in new people. We're introducing people that are well-known. We're introducing people that aren't that well-known and are trying to get into the podcasting game uh, as the co-host. But you know what? If I can't find anybody, guess what? I'm just going solo for that week. Um, so also really quick, LDG Sports is now uh, sports and entertainment. Uh, and with that, um, I have somebody with me today who, you know, hopefully we'll talk a little bit about or we'll introduce you guys to our new affiliate partner, Built in Buffalo. Uh, Built in Buffalo invited me on board even just a couple of weeks ago, and we have already set up um, like an affiliate partnership that's that's so good for everybody. It was just kind of a no-brainer to make it happen. So without further ado, uh, I'm gonna introduce uh, my friend, somebody who makes me always wanna do better and set my game up, uh, Akeem, otherwise known as A. Rich. How you doing today? Ryan, I'm doing great, buddy. I really appreciate you having me today. And, and I appreciate the kind words, man. I, I really do. Man, of course, dude. You know what? The the second, you know, the and we, we've talked about it before. The thing right. that made Built in Buffalo really click for me and, and be, you know, it's a jump. It's a jump. It's a risk to, to always like step into something like this, especially when you when you've tried to build your own brand. Um, mm-hmm but it's the vibes. It's just, everybody has such good energy. Everybody's like, what can I do to make you better? What can, you know, and then, you know, they turn around and go, what can I do to make you better? It's, just, it's such a good group of people. So um, I only have good things to say. There was no other option. Um, I only have good things to say. And I appreciate you guys so much for giving me a chance and an opportunity. And now we have this partnership, which like I said, just, it makes so yep. much sense for everybody on both sides of the ball. Um, that said, welcome to the Rust Belt Report. Um, so, I definitely appreciate. I definitely appreciate it, Ryan, and and I appreciate you because you're you're an an, an extremely talented individual, and Thank um you. you 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 probably had options as well, and we're glad and we appreciate the fact that you took the opportunity to join Built in Buffalo. So we thank you and we appreciate you. And like you said, LDG Sports Entertainment, it w- it's like a no brainer, right? Yeah. You know, everybody can can have an opportunity to grow simultaneously and we can all benefit off one another, you know? And I think that's very important because when you have good people, and that's the thing that we try to do with Built in Buffalo, we just try to bring in good people. We try to, yeah. we, we basically try to mirror the Buffalo Bills organization, yeah. right? We, we yeah. The culture with the culture and everything. We bring good people, everything is going to flow naturally. And so far we, we, we're having success doing that. Yeah. Um, unprecedented success. You guys have been active for what, just under two years? Yep. Uh, November, two years. No, no, November of this year will be two years. So, wow. we're, you know, we're still, you know, two year old, two year olds is not even walking good yet. So yeah. maybe step still. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate everything that you said about me. I, I really do. Like I said, it's just the, the energy and the vibes are immaculate, I guess you could say. Um, so this is the first post hiatus episode. This is actually premiere week for LDG sports. Um, one of our other, well, LDG Sports and Entertainment now, um, one of our other new shows, um, Big Bet Ballers, which is all about sports betting and sports gambling, dropped yep. um, earlier this week on October 6th. Uh, so yesterday, um, today, October 7th, we're going to be, uh, obviously, this episode is dropping. So if you're listening, thank you so much. Uh, we both appreciate it. But let's get into it because we have so we have so much to talk about. And it's big stuff. It's like every awesome single stuff. one of them. Every awesome single stuff. one of them is big. Um, so usually what I do, I give the guests uh, first first option. So you get to choose first topic we get to go into. Um, just so everybody knows, we're talking, we even have a title for this first uh, for this one. It's called Race for the AFC. We're talking Bills, Chargers, Chiefs. Um, Urban Meyer has been big in the news as of late uh, for not some good reasons. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, first overall draft pick, 
to Jacksonville. So we have some heavy Jacksonville news in here. Uh, so we're going to talk about Lawrence as well. Joe Burrow, somebody's got to save my man. Somebody has to save him at some point. Um, and then obviously we have to talk about the uh, only undefeated team left in the league as of right now, as of this week, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So go ahead. Uh, I'm going to let you have a dealer's choice. You can pick the first one. Uh, let's go ahead with the Arizona Cardinals. All right. Uh, are the Arizona Cardinals uh, the real deal? I like that. I like that topic as a as as a starter. All right. Um, so I guess their key. So obviously they draft Josh Rosen a few years ago, move on from him almost immediately. They pick up Kyler Murray the next year in the draft. That was right after they also get Jeff Kingsbury as their coach, uh, their new head coach in there. Um, we thought I guess everybody kind of thought it was a joke. Right. I mean, remember his first season, Kyler Murray got tackled by one of his own offensive linemen because he's just so small um, that he wasn't seen. Uh, but now, fast forward to this offseason, they add J.J. Watt to the defensive side of the ball, and they're currently the only undefeated team left in the league. Um, however, PFF did rank them number two, or sorry, ESPN, I think it was, ranked them number two in the power rankings behind the, the 3-1 and one Buffalo Bills. So what do you think? What, from your perspective, are the Cardinals for real? Are they a for real team or have they just been playing easy opponents? Are they just not in a competitive division? Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, in my opinion, they're the real deal. The Arizona Cardinals are a, a very, very good football team. You look at them offensively, you have Kyle Murray, who is continuing to progress, right? We're going to see how he continues to progress as this season moves forward. But we, we, we know that he's a smaller guy, but he has excellent footwork, excellent athleticism. And I would say besides Lamar Jackson, if we have to think of the next athletic QB behind him, I have to I have to think of of Kyler Murray. And what I wanted to see from him is how was he going to improve as a passer? He has a lot of weapons over there in Arizona. Right. So as long as he can continue to uh, prog uh, progress and improve, I feel that the Arizona Cardinals have a have a great chance. They have excellent weapons on the offensive side of the ball and they have some studs on the defensive side of the ball as well. Right. We all wanted J.J. Uh, Watt to come to Buffalo. Where did he end up going? He ended up going to the Arizona Cardinals, along with a guy like Chandler Jones and they have Buda Baker. So they have impact players on both sides of the ball. My only concern with the Arizona Cardinals was the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. When he uh, got the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals, he came over from Texas Tech. He only had a 35 and 40 record. Now, I don't know any 30, any head coaches, college uh, coaches that had losing records to come over to the NFL. But I credit the Arizona Cardinals to doing it because he does have one thing about him. He understands offense and he does a great job calling plays and designing plays for for his scheme. So the Arizona Cardinals, as long as Cliff Kingsbury continues to design plays and he has uh, smart coaches around him, they're going to be the real deal. And I, I believe they're going to be a playoff team this year. All right. I first off, I agree with everything you just said. I do want to apologize though. I did call him Jeff instead of Cliff. I don't know why Jeff felt like the right thing to call him. Uh, maybe he just looks like a Jeff. Jeff but, um, yeah. No, I I totally agree. And you're, you were even talking about the offensive weapons. You lose Larry Fitzgerald, who is chooses to remain a free agent. It's not that he's like is a free agent and he's not wanted. Um, one of the best all-time wide receivers in the NFL chooses to remain a free agent. But you pick up DeAndre Hopkins in a you give up nothing and get one of the best wide receivers in the league uh, in, a, in a trade with the formerly Bill O'Brien-led Houston Texans. Like you said, right. you add um, J.J. Watt. You have Buda Baker. Um, what, what you mentioned, and I really wanted to uh, touch on, so thank you for bringing it up, is the fact that Cliff – Cliff Kingsbury came yep. from came from a college system. And obviously we're going to talk about Urban Meyer here in a bit, but there's a stigma around college coaches transitioning to the NFL and how more often than not, they don't make it. They, there's nothing that, um, you know, that, that more often than not, they fail out of the NFL and, and go back to college. Um, 
that said, you look back to, um, you know, interviews and, you know, all the teams have these different like YouTube shows, um, you know, like the bills have embedded and, and stuff like that. But um, for the Cardinals, you know, I was interested in what they were doing. Uh, they were a team that was on my watch list. So I was watching some of their content and they really, um, Cliff had faced off against uh, Kyler in college. So he already liked what he had as a college quarterback. Um, and these college coaches bring some of that um, college type of play to the NFL. Now you have to have the right players to it. You can't come into a place um, like Buffalo. You can't come into a place like, uh, you know, well, pretty much all the teams that we're going to talk about tonight. You can't come into a place like Buffalo or Indy um, or the Chargers where you're dealing with a lot of veterans, guys that haven't been in college for a decade or more and try and run a college style offense or defense. It's just not going to work. These guys have been used to um, one, if not multiple NFL pro style level um, type of schemes. But he identified Kyler as a guy that he wanted straight out of college so that he could run some of these things. And then you take high football IQ guys. Yes, some of them veterans. You take high uh, football IQ guys and you bring in, you know, you draft. They had a, they've had a ton of draft picks for the last few years. They are not short of young talent. And then they bring in guys that are undrafted free agents, kind of copying the Bills in Indianapolis type of um, – approach they go after a lot of the undrafted free agents so that they're bringing in these recently college guys so that they can run these college types of schemes because otherwise you're going to get you know jerry hughes isn't going to be out here running college schemes that's that he's running professional you know football schemes so um i I absolutely agree with you i mean they were um obviously you know you and i as bills fans the the hail murray at the end of uh, last year i think their record was what eight and eight so um, they weren't, you know, they, they were on the cusp. They looked like they were maybe going to the playoffs. They obviously would have been nine and seven, um, had, had, uh, had they not caught the Hale Murray, but, uh, at the end of the day, I absolutely agree. I think that they're the real deal. Obviously, I don't think they're going to stay undefeated the whole season. Of course um, not. They have some, they have some pretty tough competition coming up here soon, mm-hmm. uh, in their schedule, but I would, I would absolutely agree that the, this is a fast team. This is, this is a team that is all athleticism with skill. Uh, one of the very few teams in the league now or ever that's been able to equally balance the both of those. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I want to talk about uh, a little bit about the whole college and transition into the NFL kind of ordeal. Uh, I believe it can work, but it all depends on the guy. Uh, a couple examples. Doug Marone come from, came from Syracuse, uh, was the offensive coordinator for the Saints, but he didn't call plays. He ended up being a head coach for the Bills, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He wasn't successful. Why? Because Doug Marone, he doesn't, he doesn't have a niche. Right. He right. doesn't he, he doesn't do anything in particularly uh, particularly well. He doesn't call plays on offense. He doesn't call plays on defense. So nothing that he really does transitions to, to the NFL. Right. Just like a Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. The reason why he has success is because, uh, of course, of his household name and his household name on the college level is going to draw in big time recruits. But Trevor Lawrence is in trouble. Why? I always felt Trevor Lawrence was in trouble with the Jacksonville Jaguars because Urban Meyer, he doesn't have anything that transitions to the pro level. You know, he doesn't his play, his college, his college style scheme doesn't progress players. So I always felt that guys like Urban Meyer or Doug Marone would struggle as opposed to uh, a guy like uh, Matt Rule. Right. Matt Rule, we see that Carolina Panthers are having some some success. Why? Because Matt Rule knows what he's doing. And on top of that, what did he do? He went and got another college coach. But this college coach, in my opinion, is a genius. Joe Brady is a future head coach in waiting uh, uh, in the NFL. And he is the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. And because of that, uh, they have they have the success that they have. Uh, I believe there's another uh, college coach out here that's having success as well. Uh, We was talking about Cliff Kingsbury, right? 
Cliff Kingsbury is starting to have success because he understands how to design and draw up offensive plays. So if you, if you have a coach that understands how to scheme up plays, I think they can come over and have some success in the NFL because these kids nowadays is not 20 years ago, right? There is no way in hell you would see any college type scheme in the NFL 20 years ago, but in today's game, uh, coaches they kind of want to coggle to players strengths right so they want to make it as easy as possible for players so that's why we're starting to see some college schemes transition to the nfl so these uh different type of athletes can have success so i just wanted to point that out there well yeah but so so that's that's an excellent point because even then look back to jimmy johnson in dallas he brought Mm. he brought a college type scheme to dallas and even after success in two back-to-back Super Bowls against the Bills. But even in even with the success that he had bringing that, it still took the NFL X amount, like you said, 20 years. It took him two decades to finally realize, hey, these kids are playing a college-type scheme for three to four years. Why would we not continue to build off that? And so now you're seeing more and more. That said, uh, Matt Rule is, is is kind of a perfect example. Even though he was running, you know, he was a college coach. Uh, the programs that he was a, a coach for were more mature, and all, all, they were they were like NFL esque, like uh, Temple, and I want to say it was Oregon was the other one. But like their college, it was Baylor, yeah, Baylor. Baylor. So Baylor and Temple are they're mature programs. They, they are college. They're mainly college schemes, but they have NFL plays, NFL schemes um, that are part of them. So it, so it may not have been that hard of a transition for Matt rule, but I remember when he was named to the coach, everybody was like, and especially since he got such a long and large contract, everybody was like, there's no way that this is going to go good for Carolina. And they were one of what, like the, uh, like, three or four final undefeated teams heading into last week. So, um, and he almost had success right off the bat. So Mm -hmm. uh, only good things, but you brought up Trevor Lawrence. That's a pretty good segue into the Trevor Lawrence conversation. Um, I a hundred percent agree with you uh, on, on one hand, because when you take a college coach, uh, see, this was such a perfect segue. When you take a college coach and bring him to an NFL level and you give him a guy that is coming straight out of college, he's going to want him to play like he did in college. Um, and so now the, the the now infamous Urban Meyer quote of, hey, it's like we're playing, you know, like Alabama, I think he said, like every game. It's like, dude, yeah, that is the NFL. These are guys that, you know, you're getting the, you know, you're getting one player for three or four years in college. You're getting a guy that's like, you know, 13, 14, 15 seasons in at their position. You know, you're getting Aaron Donald. You're getting people that like their job is to go out there and almost end other humans' lives because their family has to eat that week and like their performance is going to dictate that. Whereas in college, that's not how it is. Um, So so I totally agree. I didn't think that um, bringing in a college coach, especially one whose job, you know, Urban Meyer, I mean, Urban Meyer, we'll talk about him in a bit. It's just, it's an absolute train wreck. But Jacksonville is even more of a train wreck than it is. He said today, I don't know if you saw this, but when asked if if Jacksonville would be ready for next week, he said, I don't know. That's not really my job. That's the guys on the team. So he's looking for like the senior guys in Jacksonville to essentially decide and get the team ready for next week. And I'm like, dude, this is not college, right? Because like you said, Urban Meyer is a household name. He's, he's a recruiter because you can do that in college. You go out and recruit these five-star recruits. That's what he likes to do. Um, you can't do that in the NFL. You can't talk to these guys, you know, at length, ad nauseum, like you usually do. You're getting who you get for free agency. You're getting who you get in the trades. Um, so it, this really comes down to he – I agree with you. He wasn't the choice for developing – Trevor Lawrence into an NFL quarterback, but that said, I didn't, I don't even, I didn't, and I don't think that Trevor Lawrence is going to live up to the hype of being an NFL quarterback. Like Mm. I'm talking, I'm talking like Joe Burrow type hype. Like we saw Joe Burrow come out, live up and exceed the hype for being Mm. an NFL ready quarterback. We have not seen that from Trevor Lawrence. And I don't think if you take out Urban Meyer and replace him with a different head coach, that you're getting a different result. Mm. 
Now that's interesting. It, I, I think, I think coaching matters. Do I think that Trevor Lawrence is a generational kind of quarterback, like some people was talking like he was because he came out to Clemson freshman year, won a national title, and I understand the high accolades, but I don't think he's a, a generational talent right? He's not a guy like Andrew Luck where uh, he can come and turn a, 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 a crappy team into a playoff contending team with the same players. The, the only addition is him the next season, right? So right. he's not that. But uh, I do feel that Trevor Lawrence with the right coaching can continue to progress and develop into uh, an above average quarterback. Do I think he's going to be a, a Hall of Fame, first bound Hall of Fame guy? No, I don't think that from Trevor Lawrence. But do I think that uh, he can be an above average quarterback? Do I think he can be uh, a, a, a Matt Ryan, probably without winning an MVP? Yes. I think he can I think he can play up to that level. I think Trevor Lawrence is good, but he has to have the coaching around him. And right now, Urban Meyer, Daryl Bevel, those are not the uh in my in my opinion, the pieces uh needed for him so he can continue to develop and progress as an individual. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree because essentially, so the way I see it is you can take an average, you can take an average and sometimes below average quarterback. And if you put an excellent O-line around them and you put good weapons around them, you're going to get a result, but you're not going to have your franchise quarterback. You might make the wild card, but you're not making it out of the wild card. Um, that said, so here's, so here's like the comparison that I'll use. When Sam Darnold was in New Jersey, Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold wasn't the issue. I think we all knew that, right? Like Adam Gase was that coach. It was very clear that Darnold wasn't going to be the issue. It was clear that Gase was because now you see Sam Darnold's success with um, a good team and a good head coach and a good um, system in Carolina. Um, I don't think, however, that I, I don't think that uh the issues with the coach. I mean, it is, but it's, it's, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's, yeah, equal. Yeah. it's equal. It's equal. So it's, mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it is the coach and it is him. He um, got to play his part too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it, so it's not like a situation where even, even for, you know, I'll say it like even for Josh Rosen, like I don't think Josh Rosen is the problem. I think it's same thing with Dwayne Haskins. I don't think Dwayne Haskins was, is the problem. Like they're good. They're good guys that if you put them in a good system, like you can win games and potentially win playoff games. But I just I don't I, I don't know if right now Trevor I'm not saying he's a bust, but he's somewhere between a bust and being a manageable quarterback. I don't even think he'll amount to a franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the with the whole uh Carolina Jaguars situation and Urban Meyer and if they're going to keep him next year. And uh, that's that's going to uh, mean a lot to his development. Regardless or not, he's definitely going to have to get better as an individual. He's going to have to progress as an individual and understand that this is not college no more. There's no more Dabble Sweeney. You're not going to see the consistency of his face. You might see different faces from year to year because you're, you're in a rebuilding organization. So um, it, it both both organization and individual have to do their part. Urban Meyer is 57 years old. What are NFL What are NFL organizations trying to do today? They're trying to get younger. They try, mm -hmm. Sean McDermott was, rel was relatively young when he was hired with the Buffalo Bills. Brandon Staley of the Chargers is a young guy. Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals is another young guy. Sean McVay, Shanahan. The the list goes on. The NFL wants young minds, fresh minds, and also guys that's relatable uh, to players. And right now, I think there's a disconnect between player and coach or players and coach with the 57-year-old college coach in Urban Meyer. Yeah. So that's actually perfect, uh, again, to, to transition into a conversation about Urban Meyer. I honest to God don't even know where to start. I don't know where the timeline starts. I don't know where it ends. Um, so I guess we can start with, uh, I think we all kind of knew he wasn't the right uh, choice for, I'm not even going to say Jackson, but I'm just going to say as an, as an NFL head coach. It seems more and more like he's not the right choice. Um, and a lot of people think that he wasn't the right choice right off the bat. Um, obviously nothing has improved so far in Jacksonville. Um, 
but it's you know what it's not all his fault uh there's there's a lot to unpack we're not gonna have time to unpack all of it but let's let's start with last week's loss so he doesn't return back to uh, or he doesn't return back to Jacksonville with the team. He decides to stay in Ohio. He he owns a, a restaurant in Whiskey House up there. Um, some video comes out where a young lady is dancing on his lap that happens to not be his wife. Um, and there's already so much to unpack there. He didn't return with the team. So, you know, that's, that's you know, he's showing poor leadership. He's not taking, you know, control of the team. Um, he goes in, you know, it, it comes out. He goes in to apologize to the team, but he actually only apologizes at first to position groups. Then reports come out from players from players inside Jacksonville saying that the locker room doesn't respect him. That after he left some of the position group rooms, uh, after issuing his you know individual policy, that he was actually laughed at. That the players started laughing at him. Uh, then it comes out today that he 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 now has apologized to the whole team. He's apologized to his wife. Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, came out and said that he has to earn our trust and respect back. Um, so two things. One, what do you make of all that as him being a leader and a head coach of both veterans and young men? And two, how does he earn that trust and respect back? Is that through his actions? Is that through um, the the uh productivity on the football field is it both what what basically what is it going to take because this is, there's so much to unpack here but essentially what is it going to take i don't think this is fixable the reason why i don't think this situation is fixable because we have dysfunction from both parties we have dysfunction from organization because you had no business hiring this guy you just had doug marone i understand he came from the buffalo bills but you know he, he came from syracuse he got he got you know he was the head coach from syracuse he did a good job there that's how he transitioned back to the nfl so you 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 made a another terrible hire when you have the number one pick and a bunch of money right so it was it, it wasn't a smart organizational coach uh organizational choice uh on the individual part uh this is who urban meyer showed us he was for a while now probably not this instant but he has behavior issues <laughs> uh stemming back from uh both of his teams you know uh florida state uh florida and ohio state and he always finds a way to wiggle himself out of one situation into another without looking without looking uh as bad as he should right so i believe that urban meyer showed everybody who he was combined with the organizational uh malfunctions and dis dysfunction over there and it just resulted into a, a, a horrible marriage that is not salvageable. The best case scenario for both parties is to separate so you can possibly save Trevor Lawrence's career and so you can go over as an individual and save your career and your name and be that head coach for USC. So I think that's the, that, that's the ultimate uh, the ultimate decision for both parties to be successful in the future, because together right now, I don't, I don't think it's salvageable. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm working from home right now. We're still, you know, COVID is still uh, a thing. It's running rampant. So I'm working from home right now. So from 12 to three every day, I get to watch the Pat McAfee show. Um, great show. I don't know if you've ever watched it, um, yeah, but fantastic show. I love Pat McAfee. In fact, um, he is the only, not, not of all time, but currently he's the only non-Bills jersey that I, that I own. I went out, I bought a Colts, uh, Pat McAfee jersey. I just, I love Pat as a player, you know, hands down one of the best punters of all time. Definitely made me appreciate special teams that much more. Um, not, not yesterday. I want to say Monday, he had, uh, Michael Lombardi on former, uh, head coach, 
uh, not head coach, but former NFL uh, general manager. And, and actually the fact that you used the marriage, um, you know, kind of uh, to describe what it is between the two of them, because I mean, it really is between how much money that they're paying him for how many years. Um, the, the word is, uh, and, and again, this is per, you know, Michael Lombardi, what he's hearing is that they're truly looking for a divorce. That was the phraseology that was used. Um, it's going to come down to money. How can we get him out of here while retaining as much money as possible? Um, apparently, Shad Khan and some other people in the building have already had conversations about who internally in the in the coaching organization around the coaching staff is going to replace him for the rest of the season. So uh, according to what we're hearing, you should expect him to be gone. Urban Meyer should be gone before the season. It sounds like they want him gone before the trade deadline. Like they, they want to cut ties. They know that it's bad. Um, so this is first off, it's great. Like, Hey, you're recognizing that this is a bad move. Whereas like you said in the past, they kept Doug Marone around for how long, um, this is that this is a good move, but like you said, it's an it's an organizational problem. He wasn't clearly the right choice. Um, something that Urban Meyer had said is that he didn't want to use that second first round pick on Travis Etienne. He didn't want to go running back. You already have Robinson on the roster. Why go ahead and do that with Etienne being out? Robinson has certainly proven that he's RB one material. Um, he wanted to go, I think, defensive. I can't remember who the player was, but he wanted to go um, to like the opposite side of the ball. So there's a disconnect between GM uh, and head coach already. Now you have all these issues. But I wanted to bring up that quote again that I said before, because you're obviously this is going to be on audio, but we're face to face. So your your face was priceless when I said this. He can you imagine as Bills fans, if Sean McDermott said it's not up to me for if this team is going to be ready next week or not, it's going to be up to the guys in the locker room. What I think that right there just shows, because at the end of the day, coach is just another word. It's a synonym for leader. And to be a leader, you have to take charge. You have to take responsibility. You have to take ownership for the good and the bad. Um, and when you're saying, oh, it's not my job to get these guys ready for next week's matchup, that screams to me that this was, again, the wrong choice right off the bat. Like this is, there's nothing positive that can come from this. Obviously, like I said, clearly the front office is in disarray. It's not a good choice um, because, you know, you didn't make good draft choices. You haven't brought in necessarily the people that Trevor Lawrence needs to succeed. Um, head coaching choice was just bad. We all know that Khan is really a fantastic owner in the first place, but um, what do you have to say like, what, what are your thoughts when you heard that? Because it seemed like that was the first time you heard that quote. So I want to get, like, your fresh your fresh thoughts on it because that's – nobody else would say that, right? Like, nobody else – Doug Marone wouldn't say that. You know, Rex Ryan wouldn't even say that. I, it's – you know, it, it – you can tell – well, the, when I heard it, it's unbelievable, you know. But you can tell this guy wasn't in the NFL a season ago. Right. It's, it's, he has some type of structure where he feels that he can do this and get away with this. You know, I don't know if he probably felt that he can. He probably did it in college. He probably did it at Ohio State. And, you know, he probably looks at himself as a father figure to the, to these young boys. And he expects uh, his older sons to take care of handle business while daddy goes out and play. Well, daddy can't go out and play in the NFL. <laughs> daddy has to stay home with, with, with the other guys around him and he has to be that leader of mints. And he didn't know that. So I just, I just think that Urban Meyer is, is, is not suited to be an NFL head coach. And by his behavior, I don't think he's suited to be a college head coach, but he's going to get he's going to get that opportunity because at least that's his stomping grounds and then at least he had success there yeah yeah and it, I, and it goes back to our conversation about the differences in the nfl versus college right when you're a college head coach you're really acting more like the general manager you're going out and you're recruiting well as close as you can get to a general manager in the in the college football sense you're going out and recruiting these guys you're going out and you're doing a lot of the scouting um, you're doing more of a front office type of job. 
Um, whereas, like you said, in the NFL, you have people that do that. Your job is to coach. Um, whereas in college, you are, you have coordinators and assistant coaches. You have uh, interns, even you have people that were previous college football players, people that are in college to learn about sports management that you can fill out your, you know, your coaching staff with. And you know, some of these, some of these college football programs out there, especially the ones that he's coached, sometimes have, uh, you know, bigger and deeper pockets than some of the lower end NFL franchises. So you can, you have more of those assets. You can get more of that talent on the college side. So I absolutely agree with what you're saying. He's been able to go out and like you said, play, um, not being, you know, he just has to stand on the sideline for a couple of hours. The, the assistant coaches and, um, you know, have already run through everything that they need to do for the week. He's just kind of there. Um, so I, you know, that's, that's an absolutely perfect uh, kind of analogy for it. Um, Let's go back to somebody that we brought up uh, just a little while ago because he is the complete opposite of Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. This man came into the NFL, obviously first first overall pick, um, not this previous draft, but the draft before, uh, went to Cincinnati, who we know had Andy Dalton. They have not been a successful franchise. And if you have the number one overall pick, I mean, you're going, you're a bad team. You're looking for the guy that's going to help turn your franchise around. And I sincerely think that they have found a guy who's going to do that. Not saying Andy Dalton was a bad quarterback at all. Definitely. They could have given him more help, um, especially on the O-line. They still could give that to, uh, to Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Um, yep. But I mean, he started and he looked so good almost from the jump uh, until the lack of an, and, and you know what, this is actually, it's not a funny story, but it is a funny story. Uh, I was watching that game where he got hurt and about 40 minutes before he got hurt, I tweeted out um, that he needs, uh, you know, a better O-line would make Joe, Joe Burrow even better than he already is in his rookie year. And 40 minutes after that, his leg turned into the letter C. I mean, it was a gruesome injury. And the fact that he's even back from that and playing at the level that he is now is, is just unbelievable. Yeah, but Joe Burrow, I would say, I, I mean, I don't think it can be disputed. Joe Burrow is the real deal. I mean, he is just a naturally talented, gifted um, individual at the quarterback position. But again, he plays for Cincinnati. So they haven't given him the offensive line help that he needs, uh, obviously, given last year's injury. Um, he does have the running. He has the offensive weapons, but there's not really a defense. There's almost no special teams. He really isn't getting the offensive line help. So the question comes down to, are they going to do right by Joe Burrow or who should save him coming into the next few years of his rookie deal being done? So he, we're, we're at about the 50% point, unless they pick up his fifth year option. Um, what, what, who should come in and save him a or B um, you know, are, are they going to do right by him? I hope so. I hope they, I hope the Cincinnati Bengals do right by Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is an outstanding talent. He has, forget the offensive line, forget we understand the injury. He still has great pocket awareness. If you don't have no offensive line, it's not too much any quarterback can do. Ask Russell Wilson, right? So he has the pocket awareness. His IQ is off the charts, and he's able to throw the ball consistently with anticipation. So me personally, I love Joe Burrow, and I actually like Zach Taylor, believe it or not. I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of Zach Taylor. Why am I a fan of Zach Taylor? Because Zach Taylor allows his quarterback to line up under center. He's, he's lining up under center. He's, he's handing off the ball. He's running play action. Then he's out. And then he's out running uh, shotgun formations five wide. He's being very multiple and versatile with that offense. And when you're doing that with a young rookie, uh, not, a, not a young rookie, excuse me, with a young quarterback like Joe Burrow, that could only help him and blossom him, blossom him uh, the more he plays, right? The concern I have with the Cincinnati Bengals is everything else. I'm concerned about the GM. Does the GM know how to get talent 
on the football field? Does he know how to draft? Does he understand that Joe Burrow is the prized possession for the organization and I need to have as much pieces around him as possible to protect him? So that is what I'm concerned with because I still don't think Joe Burrow has enough pieces and I have enough weapons as he should around them. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals had enough ammo to do so in the offseason. Yeah. So that's that's my only concern. What uh, uh, how are how is the GM and 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 uh, head coach functioning as a unit? Yeah, so um, I, I agree with you on the on the Zach Taylor. I, I thought that he was an excellent head coaching choice. Um, going back to even Andy Dalton, I, again, they had some of, you know, they had the offensive talent. You had Tyler Boyd, you had Green, you had Joe Mixon, you had offensive talent. For me, it really came down to the O-line. Um, I mean, Boyd is still there. Uh, Joe Mixon is still there, I believe, um, at running back. They went out and drafted, uh, and he, you know what, the man did not look good in preseason at all. Uh, so far has balled out in the actual season, but getting uh, his LSU teammate in Jamar Chase to come out and catch. I mean, they are, they are blowing up the field right now together. So um, that said, I still agree with you though, because you really, the only player that you add to the team of note is his former LSU teammate who is also a rookie. Otherwise you're keeping over your offensive line, you're keeping your offensive weapons. I can't tell you, let me just search my head really quick. I can't tell you who their kicker or punter is. I can't tell you who almost anybody on their defense is. The defenses. You know what right. I mean? So it's like, you don't have, and you know what? You don't need star players. Uh, you know, Buffalo, Indy, uh, the Chargers have, have been able to demonstrate that you don't need that automatic star power type player on your team mm -hmm. to be effective and win games. Um, that said, Indy has done a little bit of a regression due to the inconsistency at quarterback, but otherwise like look at the chargers and Buffalo, two teams that we're going to talk two of three teams we're going to talk about here um, in the final topic, but look at, look at those teams not having star power, but then you go ahead and you look at, Cincinnati, who also doesn't have that, but they, you know, had a guy like Bobby Hart on the offensive line who we're familiar with because he was playing in Buffalo and he ended up getting cut. Um, although he's back on practice squad now. So it's, you know, football for me, you know, people say you have to have a, a good offense and a good defense. I also include special teams in that as well, because they're such a critically important part of the game, but really at this point, you have a, a, a for sure definite franchise quarterback. I mean, a for sure franchise quarterback. You have offensive weapons. You have offensive talent. You need to now go out and give him an offensive line. Protect him. Because you saw what happened last season. You know, Joe Burrow is not going to take another one of those hits. He shouldn't have had to have taken the first one. Um, you need to then go out and improve your defense. It's a tall tall order ahead in Cincinnati. So, uh, you know, as much as I can pat them on the back and say, Hey, you got, you know, you made the right choice in Joe Burrow and, you know, you took a risk, but it worked out when you grabbed his LSU teammate and Jamar chase. Um, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? Because it's nothing. You, you haven't given me the protection that my quarterback needs and, you know, you haven't shown that you can go out and improve the defense, which is consistently one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. And even before uh, that, you had Von, you had uh, Vontez Perfect, who was just out here just killing people and getting ejected out of games left, right? So he wasn't even that impactful because he was getting ejected out of games. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, right? Most definitely. So, uh, again, um, what are you going to do to surround what what are you going to do as far as surrounding Joe Burrow with the necessary pieces that's that's basically it uh in a nutshell for the Cincinnati Bengals I'm, I went over and looked at looked at their draft they went ahead and and drafted Jamar Chase the, the first round they got the offensive tackle uh Jackson Carmen from Clemson in the second round they went DE third and fourth rounds uh they went defensive tackle the fifth round. They went kicker uh, in the sixth. They went center in the sixth. So it's just like I, I, I don't see the, the necessary investments 
along the offensive line to show that you're serious about protecting your prized possession in Joe Burrow. And hopefully uh, they can continue to do that as as uh, Joe Burrow progresses uh, later in years. Yeah, man. All right. So as we head into the last topic and close this out, I do want to take a moment um, to, to do two things. One, I want to let everybody know, obviously, you can follow uh, LDG Sports and Entertainment on Twitter at the LDGSE. Um, that's currently the only platform that we're on. Uh, but go ahead and also give a like, a follow, a favorite. Uh, subscribe to everything that Built in Buffalo has. So, I mean, let, let's go over it. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Is there anything else that I'm missing? No, you 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 covered it all. You covered all right. it all. <laughs> so just just search Built in Buffalo. You're gonna you're gonna find it. Twitter is the place that's really hopping right now. If you want to interact mm-hmm. with the personalities, and there's so many of us. There's like 30 something people um, that are currently on the Built in Buffalo team. If you want to interact with us, we will absolutely mm-hmm. do that. Find us on the Built in Buffalo Twitter. Um, I have a show on Built in Buffalo, uh, a YouTube show on YouTube. Um, that drops every Saturday called the Ryan C show. You have a couple of shows as well. Mm-hmm. If you want to go ahead. I have, uh, on Tuesdays, 9 30 PM every Tuesday, I have the Buffalo blueprint. And on Saturdays, I, we Bill's allergy when, whenever my brother DM three gets back, shout out DM three, but Bill's allergy every Saturday, 9 PM, both on the built in Buffalo network, which you can watch on Facebook, Insta, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Yeah. Um, there's, there's so much content going out just on built in Buffalo. And now there's going to be so much content going out, um, on LDG sports and entertainment as well. So like I said, big bet ballers. So if you're into sports gambling, uh, you can go find week one or episode one, week five, just dropped, um, Rust Belt report. Uh, I mean, these are almost all going to be weekly, but, uh, so second, I want to thank you, uh, for taking time out of your day. I know you came like right, right from work into this. So I want to thank you. Uh, for joining uh, the episode. I really appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. We This is fun discussions where we can actually talk about other topics outside of the Buffalo Bills, and we could show that uh, we have uh, uh, some wide range and knowledge in other teams as well. So this, this was great, Ryan. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Anytime. Uh, all right. So last one. We, we even had to come up with a title for it. All right. Race for the AFC. Um, so this, this actually came from a conversation I was having with someone else from Built in Buffalo, uh, Justice. Um, we were talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. They are not doing great right now. <laughs> Kansas City is not doing great right now. Um, they're 2-2. Two and two. Buffalo is currently 3-1. and one. It should be 4-0, but, you know, we messed up against the Steelers. That was like uh, that was four weeks ago. We're, we're moved on. Not really, but we're moved on. Um, <laughs> And now Kansas City has to play us, which is such a weird sentence, right? It's usually we have to play Kansas City. Now it's Kansas City has to play us. But for so many years, it was, oh, man, we got to play the Patriots, the Patriots, the Patriots, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Now Tom Brady's out of the AFC. The Patriots team fell apart. They were they were playing in Detroit now. Some of them are, yes, down in uh, – down in, in Tampa Bay. They're all across the NFL. They're retired. Um, then Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs came in. Then they started winning. They started winning mm-hmm. Super Bowls. So we're like, man, now we just we just got rid of them. It was our time. Now we have Kansas City. Is, is this, is this going to be it? Like, are we going to have to face, you know, these dominant teams? Like I said, Chiefs are 2-2 two and two right now. They had a losing record up until this point. Now they're tied. Um, then you have the Buffalo Bills and the LA Chargers who are both three and one and who are both just destroying every team that is in their wake. Um, and, and so, uh, we, we, so we have to talk about the race for the AFC because there's so much talent on AFC teams, um, that you just can't not talk about them a, but B we're potentially looking at a, at a Kansas City Chiefs regression. And we're potentially looking at Buffalo and the Chargers, both former AFL teams, duking it out for who is the king of the AFC, who is going to the Super Bowl this year. So, so let's, let's hop in first just really quick um, for a conversation on the Chiefs. 
One, just really quick, do you think that they're regressing or is this just a fluke? That's an excellent question. I think right now, uh, four games in, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna hold my judgment and say it's a fluke. I'm gonna say it's a fluke right now. The reason being is because they still have Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is still Patty Mahomes, and they have an excellent coaching staff over there. And because of the excellent coaching staff, as the weeks persist, I expect them to make the necessary adjustments and uh, be that team that we've been accustomed seeing the last couple of years. Not saying we can't beat them or we won't beat them. Right. Well, that I mean, that's the thing. People think that we were just absolutely blown out in the AFC championship game. And at the end of the day, we were down by by two scores. You know, it wasn't that bad. It looked bad. Anytime you play Kansas City and you lose, even if you win, it looks bad. Like they make you they're going to they're going to destroy you on the field, whether you win or lose. Um, We were only down by two, uh, you know, two scores at the end of that game. Um, I think we're potentially on the cusp of a chief's regression. I don't think that's the players are regressing. I think it's, they've spent so much money on players, especially after their, their first Super Bowl win that they're They're not going to be able to afford to pay the players. Um, and then from there, once you bring in new blood and losing people, it restricts the amount of money you can spend on certain players. You're then bringing new people into the organization. There's chemistry questions that pop up. So I, by no means do I think that they're going to regress to like uh, you know, to like a, a loser status. They're not going to go out right, and like right, not right. have losing records, but they're going to, they're going to tone down a little bit, right? They're, they're going to like go out after the first couple of years where they have the money to inject into the system and have, you know, wide receiver ones on any other team, be their fourth option wide receiver. Um, that said, I, I absolutely do agree with you. Something that's important to point out is um, Mahomes is coming off of a, uh, uh, turf toe injury last year so he played all preseason uh, because of that but also because they brought in almost an entirely new offensive line so you're looking at an offense that still needs to gel um, for the most part when you're looking at protecting the quarterback and how safe and confident Mahomes feels in the pocket um, I'm really hoping that they we wait until uh, week six to start feeling that out uh, so that way, you know, we can kind of take this week by the horns uh, and beat Kansas City. Um, that said, also as Bills fans, seeing Greg Rousseau on the injury report as it did not participate is kind of disheartening because the entire reason we went out and got a Greg Rousseau is so that we can put more pressure on the quarterback. Um, so, all right, really quick, Bills, Chargers. I'm thinking these are the two teams that we're really seeing uh, ignite the race for the AFC. I'm not discounting Baltimore at all. Um, I just think that they're not on a roll like we are. They're winning games. They have a, a um, they have somewhat of an easier schedule than they've had in the last couple of years. Um, obviously, they're a talented team. I'm a big fan of their tight end, Mark Andrews, uh, both NFL player-wise and fantasy-wise. Um but, I mean, they're a good team all around. I'm not discounting them. But right now, Buffalo and the Chargers are just steamrolling anybody that comes in their path. Buffalo lost in week one um, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chargers uh, recently lost about two weeks ago against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who kind of steamrolled over them. They have not lost since. So what are we thinking? Are we thinking that these are the two teams who are vying for the, you know, king of the AFC uh, title, at least for this season, if not in the future, or are, are one or both going to kind of, you know, you know, just uh, lose steam heading further into the season. And what we're seeing now is just, it's just a temporary thing. I think both teams are going to be contenders this year and for years to come. I, I really like the Chargers coach, uh, Staley, Brandon Staley. And the Chargers, they have weapons everywhere. They have weapons 
on the offensive side of the ball, Mike Williams is finally playing like the first round pick he was supposed to play like when he first got drafted, along with Keenan Allen. You have Austin Elk Eckler and Pelham, and on the defensive side of the ball, you got Joey Bosa and Duran James. The, the Chargers are a loaded team, and I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon because they in my opinion, they found the right guy to run the organization in, in, in Staley. So I, I think the Chargers are uh, 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 an excellent football team, and they do come in number two, in my opinion, in the AFC behind uh, the Buffalo Bills. You know, the Buffalo Bills, uh, we've been doing this in terms of winning games going on a year and a half now. Uh Everybody thought we was this team and we've, we're coming out and we're looking like that team. We're uh, blowing teams out like we're supposed to, like a dominant team is supposed to do, where in the years past, Buffalo teams that were supposed to win and supposed to dominate didn't do what they were supposed to do. So I, I, I really like uh, the Buffalo Bills this year in terms of uh, beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I know we're talking about uh, AFC and who's the best of the AFC, but I think the Buffalo Bills, in terms of talent, coaching, I think is it's it's time. If not if not now, then when? Uh, Tom Brady was in a division dominating the AFC East for for twenty years, but the Buffalo Bills never had an equalizer, right? And I think Josh Allen is, is that equalizer. So. Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, leader of the pack, but I really love, I really love what the Chargers are doing right now. You know, man, for me, I don't know if you know this. Um, obviously, I love watching the games, right? Um, I, I love watching, I love watching sports, and for me, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm a football and hockey guy. Uh, grew up a hockey guy uh, before I got into football. Um, obviously, that Bills not good, Sabers good. Now it's completely reversed. Sabers very bad, Bills very good. Um, that said, I am I am more way more into like the, the front office stuff. I'm way more into the who you know the trades. I'm way more into the uh, the free agency. I'm way more into the draft. Who are we picking? Where are the needs? Um, I like the front office stuff. And so you know, for me, uh, I'm a really big fan of the GM uh, that they have out in LA. His name's Tom Telesco. Uh, he actually getting a start in his uh, NFL career uh, worked for the Buffalo Bills. Um, at, at one point in time, not anywhere near what we have now for uh, a front office or coaching staff, but previously he had worked for the Buffalo Bills, as well as I think the Colts uh, and a couple other teams um, before becoming the GM. Uh, I, I actually think he's from Buffalo too, I want to say. So he is a really? hometown guy, but um, nice. I didn't know that. So, and if I'm wrong about that, then I apologize, but I should be, I should be good on it. Um, I, I, I really like what Tom Telesio did with the Chargers. And you can see, you know, we talked, we were talking a little bit earlier about Cincinnati. Well, they've kept a lot of the same guys that were there with Dalton. Um, and they're still now there with Burrow and you're getting the same result, right? Um, mm -hmm. They were winning games. They weren't bad with Phillip Rivers. Um, they just didn't have the right quarterback and they didn't have the right coaching staff. Um, obviously, Anthony Lynn, former offensive coordinator for Buffalo, who's an excellent coach, stand-up guy by all accounts, just wasn't the right answer in L.A. Uh, they go and get Brandon Staley. Clearly, the talent was already there. Clearly, there wasn't an issue. It was, it was just an issue of finding the right fit at quarterback and head coach. And they bring on – they bring in Justin Herbert. Then they bring in Brandon Staley. It's like you, you find your two final missing pieces. Now you're going out there and winning games. So um, – you know, it, it wasn't anything similar to what Buffalo or Indy or Carolina have had to go through where they've had to start from the bottom up and kind of or Washington now, Cleveland, mm -hmm. to name a few other teams. They haven't had to start from the bottom up. They had the pieces there. They were just missing. A, yeah, they had the talent. They had the pieces. They just had to bring in a couple of uh, extra guys. So by all means, I think that the Chargers are going to be, you know, contenders, guys that we're going to have to have come head to head against in the playoffs, if not the season um, mm -hmm. for the, you know, the next, you know, couple of years, obviously Justin Herbert is just an insane, an insane quarterback um, and a guy that I'm really happy to root for and a guy that I'm really happy is in the league. And then to flip the script, obviously the bills have only gotten better. We finally figured out that you don't have to sacrifice good offense uh, 
for a good defense or a good defense for a good offense. We've balanced those out. Um, we've kind of, you know, a lot of people haven't been that happy with our special teams when it comes to punting. I think we're pretty okay in the grand scheme of things. Uh, that said, anytime Pat McAfee wants to come out of retirement and punt for the Bills, I am hands down on that jersey. <laughs> hands down, I'm on that jersey. Um, but yeah, man, awesome. I think I think that both of these both of these teams, um, Baltimore, Kansas City, like the AFC is the place to be. Like for a while, it was the NFC. Like for a while, it was you know, a Seattle, San Francisco, the Raiders. Um, you know, especially when they when the Raiders brought Gruden in. Um, for a while, like everybody just wanted it to be the NFC and everybody thought that's where it is, but now it's like the AFC is kind of taking over. So um, it's going to be interesting and it's, and it's going to be difficult. We're not up against one team. Now we're up against five, we're up against six of these teams trying to make it um, mm-hmm. where on the other hand, these other teams that have been giants in the past, uh, like Pittsburgh, like mm-hmm. uh, the Patriots are on the decline. And then of course you have teams like the jets who are just perpetually just stuck in a, you know, limbo state and they're never going to figure it out but um you know all, all the hope in the world that zach wilson turns out i think he will uh we'll see mm-hmm. if robert sala was the right choice but uh man i want to thank you so much uh again for joining me like i said doing one show with you I, we've done one show previous to this it was a, a live show mm-hmm. and just from the moment you started talking i was like oh man i'm i'm in a different league now all right this is this completely <laughs> different conversation like if i if i don't if i don't come correct like he's gonna he's gonna hit me on it um especially if we have a different opinion and you did and you did you're like nope that's not it like this is it and i was like oh okay this is this is how it is so um anytime i watch you anytime we're on the same show uh you definitely make me want to bring it better each and every time um and i want to do that for all of my products and, and all of my um things so first off thank you so much again for coming on and, and two you are welcome on anytime because conversations with you are just next level uh ryan i you know i do i i really appreciate that i enjoy working with you as well uh this is our second show but it doesn't feel like it like i said the first time uh, I like the chemistry between us a lot. I like how we are flowing. I like how we're in sync. So I really appreciate the conversation. And anytime we can do this, I would love to do it. Yeah, man. Any Listen, like I said, you have an open invitation. Anytime you're just, anytime you awesome. are feeling like it and you're not doing another show, just text me because like I said, uh, at the beginning of this, um, I don't have a set co-host, so it's it's free, it's open. You know, I've had uh, I've only done a couple episodes before this, but like Jay Spence, the King was on one time. He's a guy uh, that I've worked with a couple times. So, like he was on one time. Uh, I've had just you know the first episode. I just had my uh, a friend on, so um, it's going to be interesting, especially because there's there's so many different people um, that that are going to come through here. The show's going to be different every time, which is why it makes it so exciting. Um, really quick, you want to let the people know uh, where they can find you? Uh, you can find me uh, King Rich underscore 987 BIB. That is on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I try to keep it in cohesion because it's, it's simpler that way. So you can find me once again, King Rich uh, underscore 987 BIB. Uh, you can find me every Tuesday night, the Buffalo Blueprint on the Built in Buffalo Network every Saturday night, 9 p.m., uh, Bill's Allergy, only on the Built in Buffalo Network. So uh, tune in, and we have a lot of great things going on with Built in Buffalo and LDG Sports as well. Uh, like I was telling Ryan, and I like, like I tell Twitter, uh, Ryan, let's make history. What we're doing and what you're doing with LDG, bro, is 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 amazing and fascinating, and uh, we're going to continue to to grow this thing. I appreciate you. Yeah, no, seriously, thank you. Uh, you guys can find LDG Sports um, on Twitter at the LDGSE. Uh, and just really quick so that you guys have a rundown. Um, Big Bet Baller premiered on October 6th. Uh, this, I guess you can call it a new season, but it's not really a new season. It's, it's a continuous show. Um, but post-hiatus Rust Belt Report is back today on October 7th. Um, if you're waiting for, especially this Sunday, if you're a Bills fan, we're not playing until 8.20 at night, all right? Mm-hmm, at 6 mm-hmm. o'clock, I want to see you guys on the power hour. That's the, the, the pregame for Built in Buffalo, uh, the live pregame for Built in Buffalo. I'm going to be on there with a couple of my friends, but really early in the morning. 
you're looking for something and you're, you know, Joe Rogan's a little bit too out of, out of touch for you, a little bit too far out there for you. Uh, my friend, Zach Shotwell has partnered with LDG sports and entertainment to release his show, uh, the Sunday morning bunk cast um, on our platform. So you're going to get audio here, but if you want to see the YouTube video, you can just uh, look up Sunday morning bunk cast on there. Um, it's essentially a low budget Joe Rogan, but he's a great guy. It's, it's fantastic conversations. You're getting something different um, every time you're going to be entertained, but you're also going to be learning uh, the rivalry which is, as you guys know, my hockey podcast I do with my, my cousin-in-law, Cody White. That part one of uh, season three is already recorded. Uh, that's going to release on October 11th. Armchair GMs releases the following day, October 12th. That's me and Justice General from Built in Buffalo. Um, if you're into wrestling, Dead Horses and DDTs, which is Cody White, his friend Josh, releases on October 13th, which also happens to be my birthday. So I'm hoping that he gets hey. it. I'm hoping he gets it to me early enough. So I'm not trying to upload this thing on my birthday. Um, and then unmitigated chaos, uh, which is going to be uh, just just a crazy time. No rules, uh, no limits. We're going to be talking football. Uh, there might even be some alcohol involved from time to time. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, just, <laughs> friend, just friends getting together, talking football. Um, so there is no release date on that yet. So guys, just pay attention to the uh, LDG Sports and Entertainment uh, Twitter. Uh, so that way uh, you'll know when these are out. Last but not least, the Ryan C Show, which is on Built in Buffalo, uh, is released every Saturday, every Saturday afternoon. Uh, and it looks like this week, I'm going to have another VIP guest, Izzy, uh, is going to be on there. Um, and I'm excited to talk to him because same thing like with you, man. I just, Izzy, just me and Izzy just clicked instantly. We just, yeah, Izzy's just, dope. He just, insane energy that the, the man brings, just a, a different energy to the show. So, again, thank you so much uh, for joining me, man. And uh, we will have to get together and do this again sometime. Most definitely. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week. This is the Rust Belt Report on LDG Sports and Entertainment.